Hey guys, welcome back to Girls, Gems, and Giggles. Put a finger down if you have ever been in a relationship and broke up with that person. Okay, put a finger down if you broke up and got back together. Put another finger down if you broke up and got back together. Okay, now let's put another finger down if you could not get over that person and it was a horrible breakup and even though they treated you like garbage you still had some inkling to answer the call answer a text go out of your way to accommodate that person just to keep them into your life well if you can relate to any of these scenarios then this episode is for you we have a guest by the name of tiffany who walks us through the process of what it's like of what she's going through in her breakup right now she's been in a relationship with the person for about six years or so and they recently broke up for the umpteenth time and she's hoping that this is the last time but she's having a really difficult time accepting the breakup and accepting that she deserves to be treated better especially You guys, if you've ever been in a relationship with a narcissist, that's a whole nother situation. And you would think it makes it easier because you've been treated so poorly. Why would you want to stay? But unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way. So anyway, guys, that's what this episode is about. Breaking up, making up, letting go, and healing from relationships that are no longer serving you. So take a listen and I'll see you on the other side. Hello. Hi. So we have a very special guest this evening um, by the name of Tiffany. And Tiffany is a very near and dear person to my heart. We've known each other our entire lives, basically. <laughs> and <laughs> and she is a clinician, a social worker, a therapist, and just an all-around wonderful woman, mom, person. And um, so we have a lot of stories that we share, right? We, we share each other's stories a lot. And we talk. And I thought that it would be great to have you on the podcast because recently you've been going through a breakup and I know a lot of women um, and men even can relate to your story probably and what it's like to be to be in a long-term relationship and the different emotions that you're going through the signs that you saw didn't see the 12-step program of healing from the relationship and things like that so I want you all to welcome Miss Tiffany to the podcast tonight. So welcome to Girls, Gems, and Giggles. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, you know, we were talking a little earlier and you were telling me about the breakup and you were, and I was asking you, like, what do you think it is that has kept you... in that situation so long is it love is it love soulmate like what is it so Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your situation 
Well, I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, Talking about it is therapeutic for me. So the bond for me was um, sort of a trauma bond. It was a combination of loneliness. Um, It was also a feeling, and as much as I hate to admit it, I hope it will help somebody else, but almost a feeling that maybe this is the best I could do. Um, Of course, uh, a a sexual bond, you know, um, but for the most part, the entire relationship, I wouldn't say the entire, but a large part of the relationship was toxic. Anytime there is a breakdown in which the other person is begging for breadcrumbs, um, it's a problem. And um, I really noticed a breakdown um, around November. Um, I practically would have to beg to spend time with this person. They would constantly reject me. And rejection, if it's deep-seated or you already have some other emotional issues um, tied to rejection, maybe some abandonment, some loss in your early childhood, those feelings of rejection can really be amplified for people who already have um, issues with attachment and and rejection and loss and things like that. So for me, it affected me um, a lot to the point where I placed myself in in harm's way at times, got myself in some predicaments that I had no business. And it was only by the grace of God that I got out. But, you know, nevertheless, I stayed way longer than I should have. How long were you guys together? Um, it would have been six years about, um, a week ago. Yeah. And, um, but in the beginning I ignored the red flags and I actually did disappear for about three or four months. Um, but he pursued me and what woman doesn't want to be pursued? What person doesn't want to be pursued? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I fell into the trap, you know, but he had his mask on. And when and, did when did you disappear? At what stage? How long I, did y'all been together? I disappeared after about a month. Of, of knowing, okay, so that was very early in the it, it was very early, and I'll tell you why. Because I wasn't being stimulated intellectually. Like, he's not a good conversationalist. He's quiet. It's just, I, we weren't connecting, like, on, on a deeper level outside of, let me just be real, smoking weed and drinking and eating, you know, and having sex, you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, this is, all right. And that's where you were at probably in that stage of I your was. life. I was, I was, I was still smoking and, you know, being sort of reckless and just being, uh, just being who I was at the time, just let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. And um, so we were connecting on that level. I knew that I could get go over there, drink some wine, you know, mm. smoke some weed and, and go home. But so you were having a good time. I was exactly. I was like the good time girl. Mm. And but and and after I disappeared, he was like full on like, where you at? Why you disappear? What's going on? I want to spend some time with you. 
And at the time, I had nothing else going on besides schoolwork. So I was like, uh, why not? Let me let me see what's up. So, um, you know, the more time we spent, the more um, hooked I got. But this is where the trauma bond comes in at is that after our first kind of our first disagreement or so, I found out that he was a yeller and a screamer. And that's something that I, I grew up in a household um, with a parent who was like that. And I, to this day, absolutely love and adore this parent, but they screamed at me and they would immediately afterward love bomb me. And Mm -hmm. they wouldn't say, you know, verbally say, I'm sorry, but they would do things that indicated that they were sorry. And so from our early from a young girl to a young woman, that's sort of how I equated love. You know, mm-hmm. this person loves me so much that they're so mad. You know, they right. You know, <laughs> and I had that mindset for a very long time. It's interesting that you say they didn't even apologize, and that <laughs> and that still was like you in your mind were able to translate it into you got enough of an apology in a way. Yeah, that's why I like to refer to it as breadcrumbs. It was enough. Without them verbally validating what I had been through, I felt crushed. I felt scared. I felt shaky and nervous. When a, a man yells his voice to me at the top of my lungs, I literally jumped. And I used to get teased about that a lot in high school because I was so jumpy, even in some relationships that I had, like in college and as a young woman. And even now, I startle very easy and I can trace it all the way back to being yelled at as a little girl because that scared me to see that fire in my dad's eyes and that that anger. And it was just like. And that's where that people-pleasing component comes in mm. as well. Like, what what do I have to do to not make you yell at me? And mm. even as I'm talking about it right this second, I can see how that carried over into this, this relationship. I would literally, what do you want? How can I fix it? How can I make it better? What, do, what kind of behavior do I have to exhibit to you for you not to yell at me? Just tell me and I'll do it. So it sounds like, you know how they say there's like the avoidant attachment style and the anxious attachment style and that they generally, you know, mesh with each other. Mm -hmm. So you have like the anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. Love me, love me, love me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Right. Right. And the, the compounded element onto that is the sudden loss of my parent that I experienced as a child so for me it's it's a double sword Mm -hmm. so I hold on for dear life no matter how bad how toxic don't leave me I don't want to feel that hurt again you know what's what's surprising me to hear is that you startle easily because I recall when I used to see you get yelled at or get in trouble for lack of a better word um 
you always seem so strong to me. You always seem like you had this firecracker response, like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I always used you like that. So to hear how you actually felt as a child is eye-opening for me. I would say that response came a little later because even as a child, I got sick of it. I was like, stop yelling at me. Like, you don't have to holler. (laughs) Just stop. So Mm -hmm. that that response and that behavior that you saw, Mm -hmm. I was probably a little older by that point. Yeah, it was. It was like a senior year. Yeah, but my earliest memories of being yelled at like that go as far back as like six and seven Mm -hmm. when my parents would actually fight and they would threaten we going to um, Uncle, you know who I want to say, Uncle over on Good Deal. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go over there because my parents would be all, up all night fighting and I would go to school worrying about where I'm going when I'm getting home. You know, are, are my parents getting divorced or, you know, so not only did he yell at me like that, but my brother and my mother. So, um but this is not about about him. He's good now. I think uh, his old age has softened him a lot. Um, I don't recall him yelling at me like that for years now. You know what's what's interesting about that though is that because you equate this relationship to he's similar to your father. Mm-hmm. I that gives you like this sense of hope it may be subconscious yeah I didn't think of that yeah like well he'll get better one day or he'll change yeah you know <laughs> just have to wait it out yeah 40 something years <laughs> no. yeah and if I'm being honest if I'm being really honest right now I've been sitting over here obviously thinking about and trying to process my feelings of going through this detachment phase but you hit it right on the head. I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's going to take something life-changing for, for that man to change. He's going to have to have a, a sudden loss or something devastating happen. And that's sort of what happened in my father's case. He, he went through a lot of loss and had some changes and some rearrangements and some things um, that eventually softened him and humbled him a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good really good observation is that I am secretly hoping like oh well he might he might can change but you know (laughs) yeah and then at what peril like what what things could possibly happen though in the meantime to where you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like that's a dangerous thought pattern to be in to just be he'll change one day because maybe he will, maybe he won't. But what are some of the elements that could happen in between those stages? Yeah. You, do you mean like what could happen in my life while I'm sort yeah. of waiting in the balance? And I've thought about that too. And hopefully something positive. You know, I would. Well, what know, I mean if you were to. Okay. Like what I mean is if you were to stay in that relationship because he's like similar to your father. And you're like, okay, I just have to wait it out. Give him another chance keep going back and back because eventually one day he'll change but having that mentality because I know 
you've already put yourself in some pretty sketchy predicaments yeah. that could have cost you a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, waiting on this man to change. So if you continue to wait, I'm asking for whatever, whatever comes to me. Yeah, sooner or later, <laughs> you know, the bill comes due. You know, you right. can get away with it. The life bill hasn't been getting paid. But sooner or later, the bill comes due. And so you have to really keep that in your mind and be mm-hmm. cautious of that, you know. So I am very cognizant of that. And um, again, another observation from a, one clinician to the next. I spot <laughs> on. I love it. But you're you're right. And so in my head, and this is very fresh. I mean, we talk in less than 30, 30 days. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm I'm still, like I said, processing this whole thing. This has been a six-year mm. on and off type deal. So it's not something that I'm going to recover from overnight. But you know, in some ways, I feel like, and I've said this before, oh, this is it. This is it. This is the last straw. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard you say that. Yeah, because yeah. we went through this a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. There was no contact for two months. And then one Sunday evening, he pops up at my door and I jumped into his arms like something off a movie. Mm-hmm. And a week later, he discarded me again. It's given very much narcissistic personality disorder. And I hate that people throw that term around so much lately because actually data shows that only about 5% of the population has like full on clinic- clinically diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder. But you can have traits of all sorts of stuff. And so we've been going through this pattern for years of love bombing, discarding, rejection, and over and over the cycle just spins and repeats. But it's something, again, disclaimer, I've said this before, it's something about this time and the reflection that I've used that I'm like, no more, because just like you said, I've put myself in some sketchy situations and I've The truth is, is that I allowed the behavior. I'm not going to sit here and paint the picture like he's just this hellion. Mm -hmm. I allowed 80% of what happened. And I essentially taught him how to treat me every time he didn't call back, Mm -hmm. every time he didn't answer a text message, every time he broke plans, every time he ghosted me on the weekends, he could still come back. Mm-hmm. so like who, who's to blame but I'm not going to sit here and self-loathe either and oh god poor me it's a lesson learned but obviously there's some things that I need to work out as far as my self-worth my dignity and what I deserve and I mentioned earlier about um, thinking maybe this is the best I can do and that's simply not true and you know I have uh, faith as a protective factor, and I, I often think, you know, it, this is not the best. This is not the best. Anytime somebody's bringing you more heartache and your hair is falling out and <laughs> you you losing weight, gaining weight, can't sleep, gut issues, like, that's, that's not it. It's such a self-betrayal. Oh, Oh, yes. 
it's such a self-betrayal. And the thing is, people would probably meet you or see you and be like, how in the world could this woman who has all this going for her and looks how she looks and accomplish what she's accomplished be have this such low self-esteem to put up with this but you're, it's not <laughs> you're not the only one you know what i mean there are millions of women who have the same script what is that about i don't know but it you know i'm past the point of embarrassment i'm to the point of awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are a lot of women just like me mm-hmm. you know and, and on the outside, they've accomplished a, a, a good bit. They seem very put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like the first part of the conversation was really good. I just didn't want to have to go through that again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I feel like um, what I was saying is that there are a lot of women just like me. Um who have had similar experiences and I'm just I'm grateful to be out I feel like the fog has been released but I'm not even gonna sit here and lie to you if he were to call me right now I would look at the phone and contemplate answering or not Mm -hmm. um it would be hard but right now it's a hard pass just like for for what to start the cycle up again like no no, that's what I'm saying like when you feel like that, you have to try to be conscious of everything that could be lost by going back in this loop because mm-hmm. it's a loop. And that's what happens when we don't let go of things that are not serving us and are not good for us. The universe keeps giving us that lesson over and over mm-hmm. and over. And eventually it gets worse and worse and worse. It's like, you can't learn the lesson. We force you to learn the lesson. Yeah. I want that to happen. You know, like even this last recent time, you said it could have been, it could have been worse. You know, it was, it got bad again. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got, you managed to (laughs) to get out. Yeah. I managed to get the hell out the neighborhood before it got popping. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, but I'm essentially putting my whole everything that I've worked for at risk. For what? For the feeling of being rejected? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the the rejection issue, like I was saying earlier, is really deep-seated. But all hope is not lost. I feel like I can work through that. But my question to you is, and I know that The Lord is not going to bring me anything until I close this door. So my question to you is, how do I keep the door shut when I know something is hurting me? Or I'm hurting myself for that matter. Again, not even to put all the blame on him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you you keep the door shut? I I think for one, you have to start... It's so cliche, but it's so true. The self-love. You have to learn to be okay in your own presence, in your own space, being your best company, finding things that make you happy, that fulfill you, 
listen to positive affirmations, understand and look around and appreciate the life that you have created for yourself and for your family and realize that no person is worth destroying your entire life or your freedom for, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but I would say because, and maybe even therapy, because a lot of this stuff, like you said, has started from your childhood and those traumas and those wounds. And so someone can sit up here and say, okay, well, love yourself. Okay, well, how do I go about doing that? You know, like, <laughs> it's been 30 something years of me not loving myself and me not being respected by the very people who were supposed to teach me and protect to love me. Yeah. And protect me. Yeah. 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 yeah so. That's interesting. You know, um, I remember um, a close relative of ours when I was um, there to see you guys last summer or the summer before, whenever the last time I was there. Um, mm-hmm. She asked me, she said, what are some things that Tiffany mm-hmm. enjoys to do? And I was literally, <laughs> yes, and I was stuck on stupid. I, oh, I had that moment girl I have been meditating on that moment for 18 months <laughs> like uh damn you literally were like deer in headlights I was like minutes I was because I'm so worried about others I wouldn't say worried but <laughs> again the people pleasing component in me is big and so I'm always like other people before me, other everybody else's needs before mine. You know what I mean? Like, how dare I do something for myself? You do, but you do you have any hobbies? Like, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> let's let's so, not go over this question again because okay. I, I still don't have any answers prepared. Okay. I told you I've been thinking about this question for eighteen months. but but seriously find some hobbies um join a group they have like they have like these things on the internet these like meetup groups yeah where people yeah join those groups and find like your your tribe you know of people that are interested in the same things that you're interested Mm -hmm. in i feel like and i know i say this all the time (laughs) but like dancing has been so therapeutic for me Dancing and yoga have been life changing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I recently started exercising about eight months ago, and that's been my release. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I and then you're about to start on this this new journey with your new job. I think that's going to be great for you. Mm and just also, like I said, just looking around and seeing all that you've done and all that you don't need to lose over this one person. Because would they lose everything for you? Would they destroy their whole life for you? Hell no. That's why they pushed me away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, understandably so. I mean, I get it. Yeah. And so... And and yes, like you're a therapist, but therapists, we be needing therapists too. You know what I'm saying? Every therapist should have a therapist. You're absolutely right. 
And so, and I, maybe just date other people too. I mean, I don't that that's bad and good advice because on one hand you could be opening yourself up to other people who might break your heart especially if you're not in the right mental or like awakened stage to call into a healthy relationship you know so that might not be the best idea but only reason I say that is just to kind of like so you won't be so hyper focused on this one person like that's that scarcity mindset like this is the mm-hmm. only man who's ever going to be here there's billions of men out there <laughs> millions, right? literally literally yeah. and so the, my thing is if you do kind of just like friendship dates or something like that just to to kind of hone in on those skills a little bit, realize what you do want, realize what you don't want. And then just also to realize how many people are actually out there. You can go have fun and go have a good time, you know? What do you think about going out by yourself? What's your comfort comfortability level about going and sitting like at a lounge or something, having a drink where you know there's eligible bachelors and would you do something like that? Because I do not want to do the dating site scene. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that's a wonderful idea. Even if you just meet friends or, or women, you know, you don't have to necessarily meet a man. Yeah. Well, I, a I have friend. a few friends that I get up with. So mm-hmm. and, and but, we go places. But um, I really, you know, want a, a guy friend, but... Mm-hmm. I don't want to come off in our first conversation just consumed with this relationship that I just got out of. I won't even call it a relationship, but I don't want to spend a first date discussing all my trauma. You know, that's oh, it. definitely not. <laughs> you know, so now, that's why I I if it's possible sure. to keep it like light and friendly and not go into a relationship right now, but just to kind of be around some male energy so you don't have that scarcity mindset, that would be ideal. But I really don't feel like you're need to rush into a relationship no not at this time you know not at this so time. the million dollar question for you is we've already discussed that with people who have this um have these narcissistic traits when their supply runs out they come back for validation mm-hmm. and they, they always come back always- so what would be your response when they reach out to you, you sitting there lonely and your phone rings at one o'clock in the morning? See, I, I think like this, you need a complete detox from this situation. Numbers need to be blocked. Emails need to be blocked. Social media, <laughs> you know, you just need to fully detox and heal you know I don't so that you aren't tempted I don't think I don't think that you're ready to um to to be strong enough to ignore the 1am phone calls Mm -hmm. no I admit that I'm not strong enough right now yeah so I would just say like just block for now and then just do you like all the other stuff we just talked about get your mind off of that get your mind off of him and I know it's easier said than done for sure for sure but you know like it also helps me like when I listen to 
I, I just surround myself with things that. Okay, a little technical difficulty. <laughs> I know. So I definitely just think that detoxing from that situation has to occur first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you your recommendation is blocking all contact. And honestly, I've tried that, but then I unblocked them the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. it it's not easy, but... It's, it's got to be done, though. It's got to be done. And you know what? Like, I don't know if you're on TikTok or not, <laughs> but there are a lot of people on TikTok that talk about the things they went through with their narcissistic ex. Oh, and yeah. It will make you, like, whenever you feel like unblocking that number, just watch somebody's story about, girl, they lost their their kids or their home or their Ooh. job or just so much, like, damage, you know, mentally or anything. Like, physically, it destroyed their life. I think when you, you, you keep hearing those stories and you realize okay I don't want that to be me Mm -hmm. you know yeah I am a fan and I have been following a lot of accounts lately um, Mm -hmm. about people who have been through it and how it's destroyed them emotionally and Mm -hmm. so um, about a week or two ago I really felt really anxious after he finally just told me get the hell on you know I was like I've been in an abusive relationship yeah like even though I have no visible scars like I have been in an emotionally abusive relationship for the last six years and that's what's so hard about narcissistic relationships because most of the time it's not a physical thing but it's just, and so people don't see it. They they feel like maybe you're you're overreacting, or you're not as hurt as you supposed to be, or or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but no, it's just as damaging, if not worse. And do you know that they said that being in a relationship with a narcissistic person actually rewires your brain? Yes. Yeah. You that? Yeah, it does something to your brain that causes literal like brain fog anxiety Mm -hmm. mental illnesses uh physiological symptoms yep i told you i hadn't been able to sleep well i was having um nightmares you know loss of appetite um loss of concentration i was making not critical mistakes but mistakes at work like Mm-hmm. You know, e- everything was just thrown off. But the thing about narcissists um, is that they gaslight you. Then mm-hmm. that's how they keep you deceived yeah. is that um, gaslight you and keep you deceived so that you rationalize away everything and their behaviors. And you're thinking, oh, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I'm, I'm the one tripping. Maybe my memory wasn't working right that night or whatever. So um, maybe it's my fault. I overreacted. Right, right, right. When in reality, um, it has just been a buildup of of things. And, you know, I'm the only one that can take responsibility 
for my actions. Anything that I've done has been on me. So um, I need to work on emotional regulation as far as that's concerned. But um, yeah, it, it is it is very very toxic very toxic yeah but i think like if you watch enough horror stories about the outcomes of it that'll help maybe joining like a support group that'll help just like keeping busy Mm -hmm. um getting the support of friends and family um loving yourself taking care of yourself um you said you had been starting some self-care stuff so that's great like keep that up whatever it is you're doing with that read books <laughs> write a book <laughs> turn your turn your trauma into treasure <laughs> you know what I'm saying write a book why not yeah yeah man start a TikTok there's a there's this girl that was like in a relationship with this narcissist and all her whole TikToks are about that. And she has like so many followers now and she's created like a support group for people and she's like making money off of it. And she's a social worker too. It's so interesting. I just thought about that. Mm. Yeah. And it's like now she's in a healthy relationship, but just talking about it, making skits about it, realizing how stupid he actually is now. Like, when you look back on it, because they're all the same. What's her name on TikTok? Because there's one girl I absolutely love that I follow. Her name is Sinful. Sinful, her. Yes, I love (laughs) Sinful. Yes. She has those little skits. They're so funny. Yes, yes. I love her. And you realize, because it's all so relatable, right? You're like, how do we all have the same experience? <laughs> yeah. I think she's actually a teacher, though. I don't know. Uh, but she's she was... so freaking smart. Like, the way <laughs> that she breaks stuff down. She might be a, a therapist, social worker. I'm not sure. But she has, um, <laughs> that is definitely her lane. Like, I love her little skits. Yeah. And then you look back and you're thinking, like, mm-hmm. dang, they are pretty stupid. Like, why was I even attracted to that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the games. The manipulation, like, as you start to elevate what you attract and what you're attracted to will become so much different because you will be, like, so turned off (laughs) once you really, like, elevate yourself a little bit. You will be like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, straight Rihanna face. You know that Rihanna face? (laughs) (laughs) And I know I will because it's happened before. You know, I've been in Mm -hmm. other relationships where... Um, I was like, like a prime example. I went to see um an ex. Yeah, ex, and what happened? No, I went to see an ex, and we had lunch, and it, you know, it was we ate, and you know, was listening to some music. But I just had this feeling like, ugh, <laughs> <laughs> like ugh, what? why did I stay for so long? And that was another six-year relationship. But mm-hmm. I was like, we don't have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. Like, we we can't know. And so I know that that day is coming. Yes. I, because it always does for me. Yeah, does. Always. Like, I'm never 
stuck. As dark as it may be, and I may look back on this in a few weeks, in a few months, and be surprised at just listening to myself talk. Mm-hmm. Because there is coming a day, hopefully sooner than later, that I'm going to get to that point. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that when I when I do get to that point, you're not even going to be able to get through to me. Like, mm-hmm. r- like I'm done, done. That veil will be lifted off of your eyes and you will see clearly and you will not be attracted to that anymore. You won't even want that energy in your body. Let, you know, not even in your space, but especially not in your body because you realize that energy transference is real mm-hmm. and, and traumas and soul ties and just negative gunk and negativity. You might be experiencing, you might be experiencing emotions that aren't even yours to Because when you That's have scary. sex with somebody, you know, if they're not in a good place mentally, physically, spiritually, and you're connecting your soul with that person, especially as a woman, especially as a receiver. Yeah. We take on that DNA and we take on those emotions and those behaviors. Some of these behaviors that you've been acting out with this person probably aren't from you. That's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. That is scary. And so what when is the truth? You are going to look at that person and be like, I do not want that energy in my body. I don't want that sickness, that mentality. It's, it's going to give you the straight up ick factor. Just looking at him and thinking about having sex with that man mm-hmm. is going to give you the straight up ick factor. <laughs> but I you can't know what? The, the interesting part about that, and I don't know what it is, but once you let go, completely Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is but that's when they try you and i just pray that i am by the time he does try me that the veil is all the way lifted and i and and not even that i want to give him a taste of his own medicine Mm -mm. but no i'm not about vengeance and none of that but i'm gonna be so like ew I can't mm-hmm. even put it into words, but ew, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't even touch me. Mm-mm. And you'd have to keep that mentality. And, and sooner, like right now you have to fight to keep that mentality, but sooner or later you will actually have that mentality. Like, mm. and you'll probably, even if you do try it, cause you'll probably, you know, try it and go back a couple times. Your body is going to have physiological side effects. I guarantee you watch. Something I probably won't even respond know. to him the same. You probably won't respond to him the same, but also afterwards, there's going to be something that happens to your body that lets you know that spirit's no, lo- no longer welcome here. And you're going to physically either get sick, and I don't mean it like to be like casting on like negative energy. I mean stuff like, like, you know, maybe you just something will happen where your body is going to be connected to your brain and it's going to show you physically that that's not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. It's you understand gonna reject it. Yeah. And, that, and that's what was happening at the very beginning. And I ignored it. And I'm mm-hmm. six years deep in the hole now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what was happening in the beginning. I mm-hmm. was getting physical responses 
Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable. I wasn't at ease. I wasn't really enjoying myself. After the liquor and weed ran out, I was mm-hmm. like, I got to go home to my safe place. You but know? Then, what yeah. happened is your body got addicted to his addictions. Oh. Because that's what happens. You might not even be like into alcohol or into weed or cigarettes, whatever the case may be. But through the course of time, because that's in their their DNA, now your body is addicting it too. And what you think you're craving is sex from this person or intimacy from this person is actually those addictions mm-hmm. that you're craving that have now attached themselves to you. So, yeah. and eventually when your mind gets in the space where it no longer wants it, It'll, it'll have no choice but to make your body reject that man in some way. It might come through bacterial vaginosis. It might come through just like a breakout on your face. Something mm-hmm. small. I'm not saying no major changes. but No, I get you. No, like this isn't for me. Like my body is not responding well to this, you know? So, mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and, that's, and that's God's protection. That's not anything like, you know... <laughs> it's just that's just how it is and I do see that it is going to get better and you said something earlier that is so true that you have to let something go to allow what you really deserve into your life mm-hmm. but first you definitely have to heal and be by yourself so that when the next person does come along A you're not putting off your traumas on this new person and B it's like you're not attracting that same energy in a different person. <laughs> right. <laughs> like know? that's that's not giving healthy at all. Mhm. Yeah. I definitely I I definitely know what I don't want because this has been a pattern of mine since the Doobie days and you know who Doobie is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so stand. Th- this cycle is long overdue to come to an end like it mm-hmm. it absolutely has to for my survival like this is not literally but kind of literally like life or death for me right because it keep keeps that, happening keep that in mind keep that in mind it's mm-hmm. between freedom or incarceration. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. joking about it, but that's literally where... That's the reality, yeah. It, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's scary. Because this man is... It, it might not be a literal, like, stabbing killing you, but it's a killing me softly. It's a killing me slowly. So how much of this, like, I'm taking a lot of blame here, and I have been. But from what I've told you, and from just from what you know of meeting this person, do you think that he holds any of the blame here? Okay, I don't know him very well. Right. Um, Yeah. And actually, when I met him, he did seem like a pretty nice guy. But I'm not, you know, people wear masks and I don't know, you know. So, but um, does he hold the blame? I don't know. I think at this point, it doesn't even matter who's to blame. 
the situation ain't right. It's not gonna be right. And it's time to exit. Like who who chicken or egg doesn't even matter. Right, right. Yeah. You hear me? I do know that he's not for you. I do know that. Yeah. And I probably was just looking for some validation right there, but um it is me. I mean, I can only again I can only take responsibility for what I've done and for what I've allowed. Mm -hmm. And for the greater part of six years, I've allowed myself to settle for breadcrumbs. Knowing I can get a whole... um, I will say this. This probably is partly some of his fault in that you started off by saying that you guys have a trauma bond and that he has certain things that he went through in his childhood that has made him that way. So, like, yeah, of course he has some blame for the simple fact that, like, if he's a yeller and a screamer, he's wrong for that. If mm-hmm. he's if he's ghosting you and abusing you and breadcrumbing you, yes, he is wrong for that. He's wrong for treating you like that. If he has those deep uh, childhood wounds that he has not healed from, he's projecting them on to you or anybody else, He's wrong for that, yes. But that doesn't excuse, that doesn't change, you know, anything at the end of the day, you know. But yes, he definitely definitely has some part in the way that he treated you. I I just had to kind of think about the stuff you said he did, because like when you first asked me, I kind of had a a blank mind. But yeah. But I get some sort of sick comfort in knowing that He's not done anything to heal. And so his next venture at a relationship or situationship is going to turn out exactly like this or worse, you know. Um, (laughs) And I hate to say that, but that actually brings me a little comfort. Like, Mm. I'm doing the things that I can do to try to heal, you know, Mm. reaching out, um, working on myself even if it's just starting off exercising or getting out the house more whatever mm-hmm. you know being closer um in my faith you know mm-hmm. I'm doing things that are going to propel me forward him he is not I would bet my last dollar on that well yeah but that's another thing you don't need to put your energy I, I know I your know. energy needs to just be on you whether you're sending this man negative energy or positive energy the universe can't can't decipher that all it knows is we're putting our energy there and that wherever your energy goes is where your focus goes and where your mind goes and your body goes and all that you know mm-hmm. and so no no need to send any energy that way good or negative just block delete <laughs> block delete seriously you know that's not your concern your concern needs to be tiffany and tiffany only the more you focus on you the better yeah mm-hmm. and i promise you what i'm telling you i said it earlier but what you will start attracting will be so much better for you because if you're constantly worried about like oh well he's gonna attract this and he's gonna attract that guess what you're gonna attract the same thing mm-hmm. yeah because that's where your thoughts are your focus are on that so no Mm-mm. and you know what he he even told me when he was rejecting me 
he even had the nerve to say he had a light bulb moment of sorts and was like why are you dealing with me you could be blocking your blessings that Mm -hmm. gave me like a ton of bricks to hear that from him i was like okay this is it this is (laughs) if he said that and this is not a, a huge man of faith or anything like that for so for him to say that I was like whoa did you ever when when your mom and dad well they are they were always together but when your mom and dad were together did you ever feel like why do you stay with this man no so you you understood it or you you agreed with how their marriage was well, I I don't want to paint my my father in a negative light. He didn't go around yelling at us the entire time I was growing up. I right. definitely don't want to paint that picture because uh-huh. there are times when I saw him absolutely adore my mom, adore her. Okay. Um and so no, I, I as a child, and even up until as a teenager, I I don't ever recall having that thought. Okay, so then you take the good from that, and then find someone who adores you, who treats you the way you saw him treat her in those moments. Yeah, what yeah. what I remember most about um him is as far as being a good mate I was really too young to really pick up on it but I just remember him being an excellent provider and never really going out going without anything my little heart desired Mm -hmm. I never had that worry ever as a child and so that is something that I could thank um, him for is that no matter what, he was going to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And that's what you deserve. That's what you deserve. Mm-hmm. So okay. th- those good things, I want you to call those into existence into your life. You've already seen the other side that you don't want. So now it's time to call into existence what you do want. Yeah. And luckily, you have had those examples. So you're starting off better than some people. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and even with me, even though we have had a very um, rocky relationship at times, he is the one man that has always, always, always been dependable. Mm-hmm. Always. If yeah. my dad says he's going to be there at 7 o'clock, he's going to be there at 645. Mm-hmm. If he says he's going to give you $100, he's going to give you 150 He mm-hmm. is probably the most dependable human being I know on this earth. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's- yeah. And so that should, that should help set the standard for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and um, I just right now I'm not as strong as I would like to be but again I know that that day is coming where he won't even be able to look my way for me mm-hmm. I might just throw up mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> absolutely 
Absolutely. So I see your future and it looks bright. And I feel like there are going to be people who have listened to your story tonight that are really going to resonate with it. And just, they're probably in the same exact predicament right now. And so are there any takeaways or advice for people who might not even be that deep in it, but maybe they're seeing some red flags to where this might could be a situation they're, they're headed towards? Any advice you could give for the listeners? My advice would be to not ignore the red flags in the beginning. Because, like I said before, there were physical signs that I was experiencing in the beginning that just would not let me be comfortable around this person and I eventually came back for reasons that I can't recall right now other than probably being lonely or bored um but when I was away for those three months or so I should have stayed away so that would be my advice to anybody entering a relationship with somebody who's giving off red flags is that if you feel any dis-ease Disease causes disease, just like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, it's just not healthy. And then it can affect you in ways that you're not even aware of. Cortisol levels off the chain. Mm-hmm. For those mm-hmm. not familiar, cortisol is the hormone responsible for stress and mm-hmm. keeping you in a constant fight or flight, which exacerbates ex- anxiety and depression and so weight gain, weight gain, hormonal changes, you know, mm-hmm. skin changes, all types of stuff, rashes mm-hmm. in weird places, just yeah. all types of stuff. Yeah. So my only thing is, and my only regret is when I did disappear for those three months, that was the Lord telling me to stay away and I didn't listen. And now I'm, I'm here talking to you about how to get better. <laughs> which I don't mind Um, I loved it actually but it it could have been avoided yeah I get you and so what advice would you and that was great advice for those starting out so now those people who are like you who are like if he calls will I answer or we just broke up but this is nothing new we always break up I might go back what advice would you give to those women in the same situation as you Yeah, yeah. I heard your question. And so the short of it was, if you feel any symptoms or anything, just stay gone. You know what I mean? Somebody sent me a TikTok and it said, if if you doing something right, the devil is really going to attack it. And so <laughs> I just got that message right now in my head. Like, the man, you must really about to be like changing some lives with this message because the devil is hard at work tonight trying to stop this from getting out. Like, so bad. Right. I thought you was referring to me letting go and him showing back up because that's what <laughs> that's what happens too. You know right. what I mean? It's almost like he has this sixth sense of, Oh, when yeah. when people pull away is that they come at you harder but um, yeah that that too you are so right yeah that's why I was you know asking you but you already gave me the answer you suggested that I block and I I 
to be honest, I don't know if I'm ready for that. The listeners would probably be like, you stupid. But <laughs> just I want to see if I'm strong enough on my own just to look at the phone and mm-hmm. let it ring. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's strength instead of, I don't know, just something about blocking somebody. Blocking yeah. him. I don't want to say somebody because I have my block list is long. But I get that and I've done that. And for a while it works. <laughs> for a while it works. The problem is there's still that energy line. Mm. There, there's still that energy line. Yes, the open line. Yeah. You. Yes. And then that's on a metaphysical level. That's on a spiritual level. Do you get me? Yeah. So sometimes you have to really, and and yes, eventually you, you will get to that point where you can like look and, and not answer. But I think for now, those ties need to be cut, severed, burned. You know, we're not there yet where we yeah. can let them just linger in the background. Well, you know? the, the interesting thing about this person is that he has been known to show up at my house when I have him on block. That's yeah. part of the reason why I don't want to block him. That's true. That's I don't true. want my doorbell ringing at 3 a.m. and scaring the crap out of me. And see, you don't even realize, but just hearing that from an outsider perspective, that's a form of abuse, too. Knowing that at any moment in the back of your head, you can be woken up from your sleep and scared the crap out of because this man is on a trip. And having access to you like that. He's done it several times. Yeah. Right. But that's not healthy. Yeah. And even though I live in a gated community with a whole code, he still finds a way to get in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those are all trauma responses on both parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But there's got to be a way you can communicate to him as well. Your boundaries, set those healthy boundaries. That's another thing you need to do. Really sit down and set some boundaries. Make a, And also make a vision board, you know, of what you do want, what you do want your life to be like, because you can manifest it. You can create the life that you want. You don't have to keep going in this loop. And you don't have to just put up with certain things, but you need to be clear to yourself and to him what those boundaries are and enforce them at all times. Don't betray yourself because ultimately person's not going to respect you if they know that you're not going to re- keep your own boundaries. And, and that's what they- essentially has happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yes, he might show up. He might call. He might do all that. You stick to your boundaries and let him know them ahead of time. Yeah, I hear you. That's the advice I would give to the women in your situation. I know we didn't get to the part, the advice you would give to the women who are now in this present same situation as you. But did you want to add to that? Any advice you could give? Um, I don't think that I'm really in a position to give any advice <laughs> that I'm still processing myself. I would just, I would say just process. I like what you said about just spending a lot of time listening to other people's stories. And that is support in itself. It's almost like a scared straight program. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I would just say for somebody who's sitting in the same predicament as me right now, process, 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 reflect, 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 but don't reflect to the point where you become despondent or depressed or, uh, you know, stay busy, stay active. Um, Everything that you suggested to me, but I think processing and um, self-awareness is a huge part of healing. You, you have to, you have to process things because, you don't want to carry this into a new romantic relationship. That is just absolutely not going to happen with me. The next, the next six years in the same loop. And then you wake up and you're however old you're going to be in the next six years. And it's like, damn, I'm still in the same situation. Right. Right. With no forward progress in life. Like I should be married, happy. Right. like, like vacationing I shouldn't be worrying is, is this man gonna knock on my door in two weeks like, <laughs> like bye you know what I'm saying <laughs> that time loop is so unattractive you gotta make that loop seem so unattractive to you that you can't even fathom another six years like that because that's what it's gonna be yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. And I am sort of getting to that point. Like I was telling you, just imagining him being with someone else sexually is turning me off. It's giving me a sick feeling. Not that I'm jealous in any type of way, but that you just out here being community D. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. That's nasty in itself. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm cool. I don't want that. I don't want that after you done spread yourself. Well, even past that, I mean, what lifestyle do you want to wake up and have? <laughs> like, again, that's putting too much energy into him. What lifestyle do you want to wake up another six years from now when you're 40 something? Like, mm-hmm. want to still be in this same predicament? <laughs> yes or no? No, no. Not <laughs> no. waking up knowing if the person is about to wake up yelling or yelling yeah. at their child or yelling at strangers in their car like no one wants to wake up to that Mm-mm. so if that doesn't if that's not a person that you could see yourself married to because at this age the age that we're at we're not dating today we're dating to me we're dating to marry we're dating for a lifetime right with you know we're dating with, dating a with purpose oh. right <laughs> and so if you know that that's not the life style or life type person that you would want to spend your entire life with then there's no point in even dating that person there's no point in sleeping with that person there's no point in exchanging energy with that person too old for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you're right you're right and and I'm glad to hear your perspective on things um just thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. I mean, like, I feel like you were so raw and, like, genuine and authentic. And I think that's really going to translate to a lot of people. And that's that's beautiful. I want to thank you for sharing your story with everybody tonight. It's beautiful. Oh, well, I just hope for a 
beautiful ending, but I, I do have to disagree with you on one point and you'll laugh at this. Okay. But right now, <laughs> I want to date to have fun. Yeah. I mean, okay. ultimately, I'm no, dating with a purpose, but right. I need to get my... You too. I just need for some dudes to tell me I'm pretty <laughs> and right. tell me I'm the shit a couple times. You're and right. then I'll settle it down. But right now, I, I just want to have some fun. I 100% agree. And, I, and even that's a purpose. That is dating with a purpose. Because you do want to have fun in your life. Like, But the, the point is, the, the dating that you're doing with this man is not a purposeful purpose. It's not what you want in your life, right? Right, right. To have purpose like marriage. But yes, dating with a purpose. So if your purpose is to have fun, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want is what you need to be dating for. You might not, and every, not everybody even wants to get married. I don't even know if I want to get married again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but whatever my purpose is, is what I'm going to be dating for. So I agree with you on that. It's got to be meaningful, whether it's a friendship or whatever, but it can't be hurtful. I don't want to be in another six year, six months, six day relationship where it's hurting me. Mm-mm. where my eyes are constantly red from crying or mm-hmm. you know what I mean I can't eat because I lost my appetite because this person's not answering the phone or you know what I mean I don't I do not want that I I, I can't you don't deserve that you don't deserve it yeah you don't de- and you know what we're gonna call into existence the things that that we want and that we deserve and the love that will take away it's just it, it'll be worth the wait <laughs> it'll be worth the wait i believe it i believe it too i believe it too well before this this line cuts off again i think we should just go ahead and it was so nice talking to you it's 11 11 yeah it's so nice talking to you you as well. This has been Tiffany Ray <laughs> reporting from, not reporting, but coming to you from the greater Atlanta area. Tiffany Ray. I'm all the way here for Tiffany. <laughs> She's awesome. Shantae got a man. Tiffany Nicole. Yes, that's the new <laughs> alias. <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta come back on another time you know and we'll be we'll have a whole different topic watch <laughs> yeah yeah I'm gonna be coming on with my new man issues not even issues <laughs> just <laughs> dang see how I put that's terrible let me rewind let me redact that not my new man issues, but telling you about how wonderful my new man is. You're going to be telling, first of all, you're going to be telling me how much you love yourself. You're going to be telling me how much great things you have been doing for yourself. Or how I saw, oh boy, and he looked like a 50-year-old alcoholic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was sickened and threw up in the parking lot with the car. <laughs> You said I would get physical symptoms. <laughs> right. Be like, girl, I threw up on my shoe. Right. When I saw him. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, 
I know you have a birthday coming up, so we're not going to bring all of that to the next birthday. I wish you a good birthday, a good year. Stay fabulous, stay beautiful, stay wonderful. Wish you all the luck and peace and prosperity that can happen. And yeah, I'm all the way here for your glow up. It's coming. But thank you for Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it having you on Girls, Gems, and Giggles. I hope that this episode, someone can relate to it and it encourages you to make a change in your situation if it's not a healthy one, if it's not a happy one. And also, if you are already going through a breakup, that you understand that you have the power to change that situation and have a healthy perspective on it and get over it and then be ready for the life that you do deserve. So thank you, Tiffany, for coming on this show. And thank you guys for listening to Girls, Gems, and Giggles. We'll see you later.